All right. Welcome to the Vineyard. It's announcement time. We're celebrating the fourth this week, as you can see by the big background, and I hope you just have a wonderful time celebrating uh, Independence Day and all that it means. Here at the Vineyard over the next uh, few weeks, we've got some things coming up. This next Saturday, we've got a baptism at Bay of Honda. That'll be at 9 a.m., go from 9 to 10. You need to come and be baptized if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you haven't been baptized yet. I always call that a biblical non-negotiable. Also, some people just don't remember their baptism, so I encourage you to come out and make a memory. You'll be glad that you did. Uh, July 27th, towards the end of the month, that's a Wednesday night. We're having one of our worship circle evenings. That'll be from 6.30 to 7.30. You can bring your instrument and play along and or just bring your vocal instrument, you know, and come and sing along. We'll have fun doing that. Then August 3rd coming up. Family Fun Night. That's a big deal here. That'll be on a Wednesday evening. That goes from, I, I believe, 5.30 to 8. Uh, there'll be hot dogs and everything, and uh, the food truck will be running, and we'll have all sorts of games set up in here for the kids. Invite people to come, and we really need volunteers for that event. So just kind of get a mental note now, and we'll let you know as it comes up closer. So that's what's coming up, and now it's time to get ready for church. So as Doug would say, woo! Good morning. Those of you joining us online, we're glad to have you with us. We get ready to go and uh, we're getting ready to worship. That was, we had a great time last night. So it's going to be fun with you this morning. Then we'll hop into the word. We're finishing up our series on the fruit of the spirit. Today we're talking about self-control. So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get ready. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> he says it with such enthusiasm. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> It's great to see your faces as always. Looking forward to spending time with you guys this morning in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. In case you did not know, we will start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who are here or watching online through a Bible verse dismiss them to Sunday school and then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Doug. We are finishing up Fruit of the Spirit today and uh, Doug will be wrapping that. Self-control is what we're talking about. Yes. Very good. Gives the young man that one. (laughs) (laughs) What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. Um, So (laughs) before we get into any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we're just so thankful to be able to gather in your presence. To be able to partake in corporate worship. You're so good to us, Papa. And as we finish up speaking about your family traits... Some of them. Papa, would you just continue to keep our hearts soft and our ears open so that we can hear what you have for each of us specifically? And Papa, would you empower us to be reflectors of your family traits so that we can affect the people around us in our everyday lives so that they know that you are the true God who loves them. And we dream with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Mercifully hear us, Lord God, and grant that we, to whom you have given a sincere desire to pray, may be defended and strengthened by your mighty power in all dangers and adversities. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Duck. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. 
we want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to to sing out and to lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst today. We'll see the words pop up on the screen so you guys can sing along. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. There's freedom in this place, so heaven invade.
in your presence. Lord, would you be with us as we study your word? We want to draw closer to you, God. So in our time of studying the word, use the words that are spoken to draw us closer to you, God. Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kiddos your wonderful love for them, oh God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? All right. Hi, everyone. So, we... Hi. 
don't see Marshall. Okay, that's fine. All right, well, today the children are going to be learning. We're going back to 1 Samuel, and last time that we were there, they were learning about Samuel and how King Saul was the king, but he wasn't going to be king for much longer. He did not obey the Lord, and the Lord said that he would find himself another king, so he sent Samuel to the city of Bethlehem to look for a man named Jesse because Jesse had eight sons and one of his sons was going to be king. So Samuel went to Bethlehem and he met Jesse and his sons and the oldest son was handsome and tall and Samuel thought surely this is the one. This is the one that God has chosen to be king over Israel. But in 1 Samuel 17, 7, 16, 7, it tells us what the Lord said to Samuel about this. It says, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, right? Yeah. So one by one, just Samuel met Jesse's sons, but God said, no, I have not chosen any of them. So Samuel turned to Jesse and said, do you have any other sons? And Jesse said, well, yes, but he's my youngest and he's out in the field taking care of the shepherd. So Jesse sent for David. And as soon as David arrived, Samuel heard from the Lord, and the Lord said, he is the one. So Samuel took some oil and poured it over, David, over David's head to show everyone that God had chosen David to be king. But sometime later, at this time, Saul was being tormented, they're going to learn, by evil spirits, and one of his helpers knew that if perhaps he listened to beautiful music played by the harp, that he would get better. And one of the helpers knew the right person to do this. It was David, Jesse's son. And anytime Saul would get upset or sad or depressed, David would play the harp and, and Saul would be okay again. So the whole thing is that David, David was, not, was a surprising choice as king for Israel because he was the youngest son of Jesse, youngest of Jesse's sons, right? But God looked at his heart and saw that David loved the Lord and David would obey the Lord and David would be a better king than Saul. In the same way, when Jesus came to earth, he was a surprising person as king, right? He was the humble king, but the kids are going to learn that Jesus is the perfect king who saves us from our sins and reigns forever. Isn't that exciting? I know I'm so excited for them. Okay, so if you join me, please, in helping me say the Bible verse, that would be awesome. Okay, you can repeat after me. First Samuel 16, 7. First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel... Don't judge by his appearance or height. For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Good job, everyone. Good. Okay, so let's pray for our kids. Father in heaven, we are so thankful, Lord God, for your just your protection over the children, Lord God, for providing for them, Lord God, and for helping us to teach them about you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that you don't look at our outward appearance, Lord God, but you are so intimately aware, Lord God, of our hearts, Father, that love you, Lord God, and I pray that the little ones will know that, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Well, good morning again, everyone. Welcome to the Vineyard. I'm, uh, I'm so blessed and privileged. My, my father asked me to preach this weekend and finish up 
our series on the fruits of the Spirit. So, again, tremendous blessing to be here. Thank you so much, Dad. I, I was up the whole month of May while he was on a sabbatical doing, a, like, a good first segment. And uh, the, the last one I got to talk about was patience. Uh, this week, we're talking about self-control. And uh, at first, I thought my dad was specifically trying to give me the hard fruits of the Spirit to talk about uh, because... Uh, as you could tell from earlier, my, my wife was even like, the young man gets to talk about self-control. So I'm like, he's giving me all the hard ones. And then he told me what he's talking about the next few weeks. And I'm like, he's giving me all the easy ones. So, <laughs> no, we're, we're up for a treat the next few weeks uh, with, with my dad speaking. So, uh, again, tremendous blessing to be up here sharing with you guys again. Before we jump in, this Saturday... Uh, we're doing baptisms at the beach, and it, it, it's such a blast uh, being out there, uh, getting to see people making this great uh, commitment, uh, this great public declaration of what Jesus has done for them. It's an outward symbol of what Jesus has done on the inside. So if you haven't been baptized, something you need to do, uh, see one of the staff members, and we'll be happy to get you dunked out there. So great thing to be a part of. Plus, uh, I'm really excited about it now. Uh, Kimberly and I, our two sons, are both musically inclined, so they'll be playing with us again, I hope, if they want to. So uh, a great thing to see out there, a little passing the the torch. But they play different instruments. You know, Stevie's got the bass down, and you know, like a typical (laughs) bass player, he's got the the head bobbing, and, and our son Reed is pretty proficient on the keyboard, so very excited for them. You'll get to see them play if you go. Uh, Another thing, up on the side projectors, if you're watching online, there's a QR code for you as well. This is our digital connect card. It's a great way to get in touch with us. So if you have not connected with us, uh, this gives us your contact info that we can then sell to third parties at a profit. I'm kidding. We don't actually do that. Very small amount of information, and we, we never call you or bug you. It's a few text messages. And uh, if it's your first time here, if you visit our guest services booth, we have a little gift for you that we'd like you to have. Uh, Also, during this part of our services, we're encouraging all of us to be praying for our neighbors and our communities as we walk around our neighborhoods or or drive around. And uh, we're encouraging us all to be praying for the inhabitants of the homes around ours. And because we live in different places, it, it's a great way to, to spread the prayer around and get everybody praying for everyone. So let's do this. Let's pray for our neighbors right now. And Holy Spirit, would you come now? And Lord, would you fill and flood this place with your presence? We need you, Lord. It is all about you. What we do here is for you, God. We want to draw closer to you. And Lord, we want to see our neighborhoods and our community draw closer to you and cry out for you, God. We need you now more than ever. So would you bless the Florida Keys with your presence, God. From Key West to Key Largo, God, we want to see renewal, revival, and breakthrough. So just outpour your presence and outpour your goodness and outpour your love on our islands, God. We pray a special blessing on those who live directly near the, our, this church building, God. Be with them. Bless them, Lord, mightily and abundantly. And, and God, I lift up the neighboring churches that are around ours. God, bless them with every resource and provision and person that they need to fulfill the missions that you've called them to. Lord God, you are so good. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are in our last week on our series on the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, last week we talked about gentleness, and my dad has done a great job. And this week we're talking about the f- self-control. As I mentioned it earlier, exciting one to get to talk about today, but... Before we jump in, it's tradition, it's tradition, bad jokes, and uh, these are particularly not good. What's made of leather and sounds like a sneeze? A shoe. You know, I don't know if I own leather shoes. What, what do they make Adidas shoes out of? Pleather, plastic? I don't know. It's not plastic. 
The other day, I ate a kid's meal at McDonald's. The mom was really mad at me for some reason. (laughs) They just get offended when you start eating their food. Pastor Steve loves that so much. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) our scripture reading is here on purpose. I've asked my wonderful, lovely wife, my better half, to read that for us. So would you please... It's me again. All right, let's refocus and pray. Holy Spirit, come again. Papa, we are so thankful that you want us as part of your family, that you loved us enough to make a second chance for us even after we screwed up. Help us battle the subhuman tendencies we have And empower us to live fully human. Our lives an outpouring of your family traits in response to all you've done for us. You are only good, Papa. And only you are worthy. Amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? Our text today is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 through 25. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have been crucified. I lost my space. Crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You may be seated. (laughs) So that passage that we just read is the fruits of the Spirit in context. Uh, At the very start, Paul gives us the vices of the flesh, and it's a pretty big uh, list. He doesn't hold any punches back uh, in there. Uh, and really, it's just a list of, of impurity, right? Uh, we see that in the list, but it's, it's the, the sin nature that Paul is warning us against. And he contrasts this list with the fruit of the Spirit. We see a list of what our sin nature tends to do when we don't live in submission to Holy Spirit. But he also gives us a list of what a life is like lived with Holy Spirit, lived with Him. We see these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Hopefully we've got these memorized. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the character attributes from a life lived in submission to Holy Spirit. That's been our goal, is to develop these within our hearts and develop these within our lives cool thing about fruits is they're they're for everyone to pick and to eat. They're not just for us. So these character attributes developed within us are not just for us. They're for the people around us. They're for our relationships. How much greater are the lives of our families and our friends and our co-workers when they can see the fruits of the Spirit from us? When they can pick the fruits of the Spirit from us, when they know something's different and that it's good when they're around us. So we get to this last fruit of the Spirit, and one of the most important, self-control. is what we're talking about today. So what exactly is self-control? What is self-control? Uh. We've contrasted the the vices of the flesh, the fruits of the Spirit, 
We know that the fruits of the Spirit are an indicator of a life lived in step with the Holy Spirit. And and what is self-control? The the other day, my my lovely wife, who just read us that scripture reader, was sitting in her, her sewing room. She has a den. She got the den. I got a corner in our bedroom for my computer, but... Uh, she does all these amazing crafts, and she does a tremendous job uh, as a mother with our kids, but uh, we, we, we had these boxes of Entenmann's donuts. They were buy one, get one free, and uh, within a day, my two sons had just demolished one of the boxes. It was gone in seconds, <laughs> so the, they, they didn't eat their dinner the way they should, so the next day, my wife is like, okay, guys. Listen, you can have one donut, save the rest for later. You can't eat another box in one day. It's not good for you. But my, uh, my, my seven-year-old, one donut may or may not have been good enough for him. So anyway, my, my wife is just sitting in her room, and uh, out of her room, she can have sort of a visual of the living room. And uh, normally, when my wife's in there, my kids like to play video games. It's their thing. And when they play video games, they're very animated. You know, they play uh, pretendo. They're, they're jumping up and down the whole time. And, uh, it's very active. But at one point, it got very quiet <laughs> during game time, which is unusual, normally concerning, but rather suspicious. So as she's looking, she can... See my, my seven-year-old son, and he's very semi-quietly walking around, trying to get back to the couch where the switch is, and then they make eye contact, and he's just got a powdered donut. He's been caught. <laughs> she was very kind to him. It's like, son, we need to practice self-control. But how often is that the case with us? We want more than one Enten minced donuts, even when we're told not to. One wasn't enough, Mom. <laughs> and then just afterwards, as they're having this conversation, poor kid, he's just got powdered sugar all over his face. But <laughs> it's just such a good picture of how we are. And how often God has to look at us and like, son, daughter, like, come on. You still got, you still got some right there. He's like that with us. Uh, American evangelist D.L. Moody, uh, he was around during the 1800s, great guy. Uh, but he was asked this question, of all the people you come in contact with, who gives you the most trouble? D.L. Moody's response was this, D.L. Moody. I have the most trouble with myself. It's so true. Uh, and guys, we, when we submit to Holy Spirit, we begin to have victory over our own flesh and our own desires by yielding those things to Holy Spirit. Because when we do that, we start seeing these victories over all the other things in our lives Self-control, where we get this word from the, the, the Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek, okay? Paul would have written the book of Galatians in Greek. That root word that we get self-control from, enkritia, literally means this, to get a hold of or to get a grip on. It literally means to get your hands on something until you are in control of it. We see this in Proverbs, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Uh, this word in, in, in Kritia, to get our, our hands on it. I can remember being a younger man, still a young man, okay, gray hairs are popping out, but still, still a young man. Thank you, Mom. She's agreeing with me. I just got an amen for the gray hairs popping. Thank you. I can remember <laughs> being a, a younger man and my father telling me <laughs> during college, because I don't know about you, but I wasn't the most disciplined student. I'd wait till the last possible moment to do assignments, and uh, sometimes I could get by with B's, and uh, I was a firm believer in C's get degrees, but 
waiting till the last possible moment, was not flying anymore. I was struggling. And so uh, I remember him sitting down with me. He's like, son, for this, you're going to have to grab your school by the horns and own it. He used slightly different verbiage at the time, but the point was made that I had to have some self-control at the time. Because when we don't have self-control, our lives are in chaos. Our relationships end up having untold destruction when our lives aren't filled with self-control. But here's the thing, this true self-control, it's a gift from above produced in and through us by Holy Spirit. I said very early on in this series, Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a warm, fuzzy feeling that we feel when the band comes in at the, the right spot. Holy Spirit's a person and he longs to have a relationship with us. And cool thing about Holy Spirit, when we ask him to show up, he shows up. And that's so cool. And he longs for us to be in relationship with us, to keep us in step. And this self-control that we're talking about, this fruit of the Spirit, really only comes from him. It only comes from from God. And until this, until we own that it's received from outside ourselves rather than whipped up from within, the effort that we give to control our own selves will ultimately cause us to praise ourselves rather than God. But we need to note that self-control is not received passively. It's not just something that we ask for and we're just sort of given. It's an active thing. The self-control that we're talking about is active. We have, to, we have to pursue it from submission to Holy Spirit. We're actively involved. We open this gift and then we live it. We may be able to trick ourselves into some semblance of true self-control, uh, but when it's from our own willpower, we're always going to fail or we're always going to struggle. Self-control that comes from him, it becomes much easier to do the right thing, where we don't even want to think about the vices of the flesh. Some of those things are just yucky. I don't want any part of that. Some of them a little easier to fall back into. Fits of rage, envy. When he says faction, it means forming cliques, excluding people, looking down on others. I don't want any part of that. I only want what God has for me. And that's a life lived in submission with him. We want Jesus to get all the glory for our lives, not just from us, but we want our lives for him. Uh, I can remember VBS was a couple weeks ago and I might have goofed around that uh, I was a narcissistic superhero. But in our skit, my character that I had to play, because for whatever reason I end up doing the skits, maybe it's because I do the, the, the funny voices, but my character was the glory getter. That was his job. Jose back there was the glory giver. He'd give all the glory to God and I'd try to get it all for myself. I'm like, kids! you know, celebrate me. I'd have the theme music. I'd do the funny dances. And at the start, yes, I'd, I'd give my character, the glory getter, a, a funny British accent. I want all the glory. I'm a self-made hero. And you should give me the glory. Towards the end, those kids are smart. They were booing me. At the very end, there was 10 minutes of a good boo fest going on. Kids are throwing tomatoes and used Capri Sun pouches. I'm kidding. They didn't actually do that. But it felt like it. We have to give the glory to him. A life lived in self-control does. But how do we do it? We learn to say no. 
But we don't just say no to the things that we shouldn't do. We have to admit our inadequacy and we have to admit our emptiness. And we give it all to him. We ask Jesus for help. And we trust in God's promises because he always fulfills his promises. He's promised to supply us with what we need to do every good work that he's called us to. We read this in Philippians uh, chapter 4. Famous Bible verse. We should all know this one. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And Paul is talking about living the life that God has called us to. He's given us everything that we need to live the life that he's called us to. And so when we live in step with him, when we live submitted to Holy Spirit, we thank Holy Spirit for every spirit-supplied success that's in our lives, and we continue to step forward in self-control. So how then, this is our second point, how exactly is self-control expressed? Uh, And the first way that we'll talk about is being responsible. Self-control is expressed by being responsible. Paul says this in Romans. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We can look at ourselves right now and we can look at what we are and and, and who we are. And uh, we didn't get here by accident. Our lives did not get here by accident. We are today what we decided yesterday, and we will be tomorrow what we decide today. It's amazing how many people just, just aren't taking responsibility for where they are and who they are and what's happening to them in their lives. Uh, people are always looking around and finding someone else to blame for what they are. It's always somebody else's fault. And we're all, we're all guilty of this in some way. We're, we all are. We all shift blame because responsibility can be a little bad when things aren't right. We do it at work. We do it at home. Uh, this tendency is called the Adamic proclivity. It, 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 it comes from the beginning. It comes from... Uh, we see it with Adam right at the beginning, right at the fall. Uh, that the, the word Adam, the Hebrew word Adam, means all mankind. We all have this tendency. We see Adam do it at first. Well, we see back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12, he literally says, The woman that you put here with me. Adam shifts blame for the fall to Eve and to God. He's like, it's really not my fault if we take it down and we break it down because she tempted me and you made her, okay? So I'm just an innocent bystander here. That's, that's Adam. That's the tendency that we all have. We shift blame as much as possible. The devil made me do it. One donut was not enough. We have to take responsibility for who we are. If we're stuck in a repeating sin, it's because at some level we're choosing it. We have to do this. We have to admit that we're powerless and we have to ask for help. We have to ask Holy Spirit for help. And like I said before, and like we'll say again, when we ask Holy Spirit to show up, he always shows up. We have to be responsible. We also have to live with integrity. We have to live with integrity. And we've heard integrity and we want to live integrity. What exactly is integrity? Integrity is simply this. It's living in a way that what you say you believe is how you are trying to live your life. The Keys Vineyard way of saying it is this, and you should know this, we have to live by trying to do the next right thing. That's integrity. It's that simple. We have to live by trying to do the next right thing. We have to live like someone is always watching. 
that might remind you of a song. Miss Alicia told Kimberly and I it was from Rockwell. From my youth, that song was sampled and done by Toby Mac. I made the mistake of saying it was done by DC Talk. My wife pointed that out to me. But here's the thing, Toby Mac was in DC Talk, so I will forever associate it. Anyway. The <laughs> Proverbs 15.3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. So here's a good integrity test. Does knowing that God's watching creep me out? Or make me feel glad that he's always watching. Because he is. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Have we ever had this experience where we thought we were alone, only to discover that someone else had come in? And then uh, we start having these actions. What was I doing? Well, what did they see? What did I say? Uh, In our church, we have, like, security cameras everywhere. And uh, so often, we can have some very memeable moments from that. (laughs) We can have some very embarrassing moments, along with the helpfulness that the security cameras provide. Uh, at church, we live stream any, any mistake I make singing or playing guitar now becomes known to all of the younger people that work for us here. Very funny, very honest keeping, but it forces us to do better and to live with integrity. It is not a bad thing to live like someone is watching. It's actually very freeing. God is watching and it's okay to be who we are in front of him. We don't have to pretend to be something that we aren't. And guys, life is better when we are trying to live by doing the next right thing. We're called to live a life that pleases God. We're continually encouraged throughout Scripture of this. We read in 1 Thessalonians, As for other matters, brothers and sisters... We instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and we urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. As the church, as Christians, we're called to be people of integrity. We need to live lives that are pleasing to God. This type of living is not possible without God's help. We need to know that he is with us and that he is for us. God is always with us. God is always for us, making a way. Always is. God loves us so much that no matter when we mess up, because we will, we'll stumble, God forgives us and then he empowers us to go right back in step with him. Continue to do so. This self-control, along with every other fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, is produced in and through us by God's Spirit. We're called as the church, we're called as Christians to be developing these. So Christians can and should be the people on the planet most hopeful about growing in self-control, which is what we're called to. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd make this church, this room of people, your garden. Continue, God, to grow the fruits of the Spirit in our church, not for us, but for everyone around us, God, that people would just come and see and Take in all that you have for us, God. Use this place. Continue, God, to use this church as your lighthouse. We want to see people come to you in waves, Lord God. Our world needs it. Use this place however you see fit to do so. Ministry team, would you please make your way to the ministry wall?
group of people over there or willing to pray for you, whatever you need. Holy Spirit, move. Come in mighty, mighty ways, God. Show your power, show your love on our church. We love you, Lord, and we worship you, and we thank you for what you're doing and what you've done and what you will do. You're good, Lord. We love you. And everyone, thank you so much for your amazing generosity to our church. Your partnership with our church keeps the day-to-day functions of this church going. So we thank you. Church, you're so generous, and we just, we love you, and we thank you. (laughs) So let's sing the doxology, and uh, I think we'll be good. Praise God from Amen. Nicely done. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child Back to dad. Have a happy Independence Day tomorrow. Uh, Those of us who are big piners, celebrate the 4th on the 3rd. I believe they're at the park tonight. The Big Pine Park with the fireworks. So enjoy that. Catch some fish if you do so. Hope your baseball team wins because that's the only sport. Now we'll see you soon. Goodbye. And those of you online, thank you so much for watching. That is a lot of hand motions. Hey, next week, uh, my father's back up on stage doing a talk on mammon. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out next week. So we'll see you then. We love you guys. Keep sharing the stream. See you later. Bye.